and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. This is Pastor Tyler. He's the associate here. And for the last five or six weeks, we have been doing a series called A House Built for Him. You remember this? And we've been talking about different aspects of what it looks like to have a house that is built for the Lord. We've talked about identity, we've talked about worship, we've talked about us being a house of prayer. Remember, God said that you're not a church that has a house of prayer, you are a house of prayer that gathers on Sundays. So that's why you feel that, and sometimes in worship, you feel that tug in that pool, because we are a house of intercession. So in worship, what we're looking for is not to sing songs. We're not looking to sing songs, we're looking to hear what he's hearing, to release what he's releasing. Those are two different things. And so I know sometimes, man, if if you're new or if you've been with us a while, you're like, what's going on? Why are there these moments of silence? Or why are they singing songs that are not on the projector? Because they're not in the computer, they're in his heart. And sometimes those are two different things. And I just want to say this, it's okay. It's okay for you to take a moment to just step back and say, God, you're bigger than that song. You're bigger than me expressing myself the right way. What we're looking for as we enter into a time of worship is a time of connection. It's for your heart to connect with his heart. For any idolatry, hello, for any idolatry or anything that has gotten in the way of us connecting with him wholeheartedly to to be eradicated in our lives. And that's what happens in worship. As we enter into worship, he begins to transform us. He begins to change us. It's It's like if we walk in with a hard heart, he begins to melt away all the hardness. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you, you can feel emotional, like, what is happening? I'm, I'm unstable. No, it's literally Jesus, the person of Jesus is walking into your spirit. And he's saying all of that stuff that has attached itself has to go. Not, not, not to shame you, it's, it's shame off you. It's literally he's pulling off these things that weigh us down. And so we have been having a dialogue, and I love that we've been doing it together because honestly, I've come to the realization a lot of times when I'm speaking, it's like I'm speaking and it's like, it's not practical sometimes. And I realize this, you know, like I'm seeing things and I'm saying things, but but I have the heart in this season for everything that we're sharing to be practical. Meaning if we talk about identity, what does it look like for me to walk in identity? If we're talking about prayer, what does it look like not for me to, to just come to the prayer room, but for me to become a house of prayer? That's the goal of the prayer room. The goal that we're trying to build in your house of prayer is that you would take what happens in here throughout the week and that you become that. In your car, in your home, that you become the house of prayer. So as I was praying on Tuesday here at the prayer room, I began to feel like we needed to talk about spiritual hunger. We needed to talk because a house that is built for him is full of the people who are hungry for him. I'm going to try it again. A house that is built for him is full of the people who are hungry for him. And that looks like something. It's not theoretical. It's not something that we write in our bylaws. Or This is who we are. We are a hungry people. Hunger is felt. Hunger is something that is seen. And I know this is hard. We we disconnect sometimes because sometimes if you you go to a third world country, you understand hunger is different than hunger here. Some of you are hungry here right now, but it's because you didn't eat breakfast. It's not because of a lack. It's not because you can't. It's because you haven't. And so what I want, what I want us to, I want to start here today. I want us to realize that hunger for us does not always equate desperation. Most of the time it equates inconvenience. 
So why do I say this? Because as we're talking about hungering for the Lord, some of us will have this feel like, I don't need that. It doesn't take all that. It may not take all that to get you to heaven, but it will take all that to get a, a city transformed. It, that's what we're believing for, right? We're believing that your neighbors, your coworkers, everyone that you come into contact with, that they would be, everyone is on a path somewhere. And whether we know it or not, if people are on a path to heaven, they are on a path to hell. And we should take that personal, right? Amen. We should take that personal that we have been put in every sphere of influence and God has called us to be a hungry people because people should look at our lives and say, there's something different about yes. that. Yes. I want what they have. And, what, and part of what this dialogue that me and Pastor Tyler, and, I, and I'll let you start here, we were having this conversation, why, why do we seem to lack spiritual hunger in the church? Why does it seem like we, we've just become so okay with Sunday morning Christianity? Do you remember when Corey Russell came and he spoke this, Sunday morning only Christianity is dead? Yeah. Do you remember this? That he was talking about this expanse of glory and kingdom, and it wasn't this mystical thing like it was really going to happen that God was going to radically transform hearts we were going to begin to do things like believe for the harvest and we were going to see it come so like this morning somebody came up to me Christy came up and she said the Lord put it on my heart that I have to buy Bibles for the people that are coming you see what's happening people are preparing for what's coming that's what faith looks like it doesn't look like oh we'll buy Bibles if they come we'll buy Bibles so they come because we believe in faith, they're coming. So, so part, part of, oh, I'm fired up. Part of this conversation we're having is that it's the shirt it is, man. I'm ready for war. Should have worn my boots, got my chucks on. Where's your war boots at? Yeah. So part of what we were saying yesterday, we were talking outside, and, I, and I, Pastor Tyler said, he says, I think part of the reason that we lack spiritual hungers is because it's not real for us. You, you want to talk about this for a second? It's not real for us. Yeah. One of the things the Lord's been doing in me is, because um, hunger is, hunger is not the it thing. Hunger is not the end game. The Lord's the end game. Hunger is just the byproduct. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about it, hunger is like the speedometer on your car and when, or the check engine light. When there's no hunger, it means your engine's bad. And so for some of us in this room, we, we have been fed a lie that normal Americanized Christianity is just okay and it's, and it's, and it's um, normal and it's perfectly okay. But like when you, understand, when you study and when you read about the first century church and some, what some of those believers went through, like a real quick story. One of the first councils that the, first, the early uh, church had when they were discussing doctrine and like and um, people, heresy and stuff like that, one of the writers, he was a young guy. He he described all these elderly people. They're old by now, coming from all over uh, the Middle East. You know, from Jerusalem, everywhere. And he said it looked like a bunch of people, It looked like a gathering of old amputees, because so many of the people had arms chopped off. Um, their backs split open, they're missing eyes. They were like, they had so much severe thing. It's because these people had paid the price for their Christianity. They were persecuted. One of the things the Lord spoke to me, he said the same blood that saved them, that covered them, that redeemed them, redeemed you. The same blood that covered Paul 
the same blood that covered the disciples when they were crucified, they were boiled alive, uh, 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 shipwrecked. That same blood covered you. They didn't get super blood and you got normal blood. It's the same stuff. Are you living worthy of the blood? Are you living worthy of his blood? And this is what I told Pastor Gio. I said, I honestly think, because hunger is the result of revelation. Hunger is the result of revelation. When, I gotta do it too. When you, when you were first saved, every single, every single new convert, you were hungry. The most hungry person in the church is the baby Christian. Amen? If you've been in church, like, you're first saved, you come to the Lord, and like your eyes are open, and you're saving everybody. You may be like a 16-year-old boy, but you're coming to the elderly woman's prayer breakfast. Like, you are coming everywhere because you want more of the Lord, right? And the Lord says, I go from glory to glory. So what happens 15 years later when you're barely warming a seat? It's because in the moment of your salvation, the revelation of your sin was really real. It was made very clear that you were like, you all remember that moment when the light of his face shine on your heart and you were like, oh, I'm aware that I am a sinner and I'm going to hell if he does not save me. But in that same moment, it's beautiful. It's like depression and sadness and anguish, but then it's also hope and joy and love because then it's the light of his face. And if you're like the man out on the little uh, life buoy in the middle of the ocean and a light appears and a hand comes in and says, get in the boat. And so the revelation of your brokenness is really made clear, but also the beautiful revelation of his goodness and his love and generosity. And that's why you were on fire in the early days. That's why baby Christians are some of the most intense people to be around. They may not get it right. They may still cuss when they pray, but like the heart is pure. Amen. Come on. I love it. It's true though. But what happens, though, over time is that revelation through lies, distraction, the weight of this world, the pride of life, it waxes and wanes. And what once was clear and shiny becomes dull. And we become cynical and depressed and frustrated. And really what just needs to happen is you need to get a fresh revelation of Jesus. It's like... We can, we're going to give you some practical stuff at the end because we believe in that. But if you really want to be hungry, just look at him. I want, you, I want to pass back to Gio, but ask yourself one thing. Do you really truly believe, like really, really, really believe that right now there is a man sitting in heaven at the right hand of God? And if you were to look at him, it would look as though a lamb had been slain. And elders are casting their crowns down and angels are swirling around singing holy, holy, holy. Do you really truly believe that? Or for you, is it a fairy tale? For me, it's real. Yeah. It's really real. And if it's real to you, it has to produce something in your life. Yes. You cannot go on as life as usual. Yeah. And oh. One of the things I really want to to grip you today is understanding that these seasons, uh, it's like you're stewarding something, right? There's this, in the natural, we know that something is wrong. Like if my child, my my three-year-old daughter, if she stopped eating today, what would we do? We would take her to the doctor and say, something's wrong. Something's wrong because she's not eating. 
And part of what's happened in the midst of the church and the show is we've stopped asking. If I've stopped hungering, what is wrong? It's like, no, 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 we'll, we'll just keep singing our three songs, and if we feel a little bit more encouraged to get us through the next week, that's not the Christian life. That's right. Come on. The Christian life is this longing, right? With, he calls us his bride, yeah. wow. and we, there's a longing for the bride. Are you alive? There is a longing for the bridegroom. There should be something on the inside of him that, that yearns, like, I want more of him. Yeah. I want more of him at any cost, and this is, this is the most challenging part of the Christian life, I believe is the tension between I have everything I need, but there's more. Are you hearing me? This is the tension we live in. It's not that we lack anything. We have him. He's everything. But there's this deep knowing on the inside of us that says, there is more. I've read the stories. I've seen the people. I've heard the sermons. And at some point, we've got to be dissatisfied with hearing other people's stories and say, I want that to be my story. I want that to be my story. And so in Deuteronomy 8, there's a call to the people, and it's a call to remember and to obey. There can only be a call to remember if somebody has forgotten. It's the only reason there would be a call to remember, if they had forgotten. And he says this to him. This is Moses. He says, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry. And then he fed you with manna. I want you to catch this a food that was previously unknown to you and your ancestors. And he gives them the reason he did it. So he let them go hungry and then he provided manna. And he, he specified this manna was unknown to you. And then he says this, he did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from his mouth. So watch this. He lets them go hungry because that hunger was to produce something. And then he provides them something, but that something he provides is unknown to them. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what is this? That's what manna means. What is it? And I want to say this to you because it's important. When we're in seasons of unknown, when we're in seasons of, I don't, I don't, what, seasons of hunger and he provides, that's, that unknowing, that mystery is meant to lead you into a greater revelation. Yeah, Do you hear what I just said to you? He said, I gave you something you do not know, but it wasn't just to confuse you. Yeah. It wasn't just, a, well, what, what, that wasn't the point. He said, I gave it to you so that you can know that you will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from his mouth. Right. This is the revelation. Hunger was to lead them to a greater revelation of who he was. Yeah. A greater revelation of, of the true source. Man, I yelled too much during worship. <laughs> something was breaking. The hunger was to lead them to a greater revelation of who God was. And I want you to understand this because in Deuteronomy 29, 29, I read something in the prayer room last week that wrecked my life in a good way. I was reading through just my Bible reading plan and I got to this scripture and it, have you ever read something and it just gripped you? You don't even know why? I read it and it says this, the Lord our God has secrets that are known to no one. When I read that, I thought, God, there are things in your heart that nobody knows. And I came to this realization. This is where it landed in my heart. There are things in his heart that are reserved but can only be given to the hungry. I can prove it to you, man. In, in Proverbs, sorry, bro, I'll let you go again. In Proverbs 7, it says this. Proverbs 7, 27, I believe it is. 
Yeah, Proverbs 27, 7, sorry. A person who is full refuses honey. Say they refuse. A person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. To those that are hungry, whatever's put in front of them satisfies. And what I'm saying is, I think we have to take a step back and just ask ourselves, maybe the reason we're not hungry is because we're already full. Whether we know it or not, listen, you can't sit in front of a TV and have CNN on and not get full of something. You can't sit in front of social media for hours and then ask, I don't know why I lack hunger. What he's asking us to do is to get to a place where we allow hunger to be cultivated on the inside of us. And to ask, if I'm not hungry, something is wrong. If there's not a longing and a desire because hunger is a gift. I know we don't see it that way because, because in the natural, it's like, no, it's, but it's a gift that pushes us. It helps us to steward everything that God has given us. So what, what, what I want us to do is I want us to ask ourselves, like, just, just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to just seriously think, ask yourself this question, am I hungry? Like, am I living a life, well, what Pastor Tyler said, am I living a life worthy of his blood? And I just break, this is not about shame. Nobody's trying to make you feel bad. It's an invitation. Maybe you answered that question, you're like, man, I don't even know what that looks like. Maybe you ask the Lord, what's getting in the way? What am I feeding myself? I'm telling you, for some of you, your job is getting in the way of you being hungry for the Lord. I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm asking you, will you reprioritize to make the main thing the main thing? For some of us, ministry has gotten in the way of being hungry for the Lord. You're doing it for him, but it's not unto him. Bitterness, resentment, church hurt is getting in the way of us hungering for the Lord. You can open up your eyes. <laughs> your eyes are like in a trance. <laughs> oh. But I want to say this. There was a season in my life where I was 325 pounds. I know I look good now. You don't see it now. I know. I know. I'm messing. You know, if this is your first time, I'm messing around. But there was a season in my life where I was 325 pounds. I was full all the time, but I was, but I was, I was unhealthy. Like, I was feeding myself constantly, but it was just a lot of Taco Bell. Hello? Pumping through my blood. And so, I want you to catch this. In the natural, I was never malnourished, but on the inside, I was sick. Like, on the inside, I never, I, I would say this, and I wasn't joking. I was like, I don't think I've been hungry in years. I can't remember. That's how I said that, like, two weeks ago. I, would, I don't remember the last time I was hungry because I would never wait till I was hungry to eat. Yes. And so it's easy for you to miss, like you don't get what's really going on to you when you become disconnected from what's really going on the inside. And so some of us, this is the question we're wrestling with right now. Well, if I'm not hungry, 
You think, well, maybe one day I'm just going to get hungry. That's not the way it works. Like in the physical, if you don't eat, you get hungry. But in the spiritual, that's not, in the spiritual, the only way to get hungry is to begin to eat. Like you have to move. Like that's what I said. I just don't feel like worshiping. We'll start worshiping. Because there's something that happens to you when you, you are, when you engage with worship. People, I'm just not good at praying. We'll start praying. The spirit of prayer is not just going to fall on you. Oh, there it is. The the only way to get better at praying is to pray. And so, like, I want to say this because it's important. I I want you to realize, maybe you're here. You're like, well, I just don't, man, I don't feel hungry. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong. It's just time to start eating. It's time for you to, like, stop feasting on, like, you're sitting at the wrong table. If you're not hungry for the Lord, I want you to recognize you are sitting at a table. And maybe what the Lord is asking you is, will you get up from that table and sit at mine? Because he has, he has bread for us. Like he has life, life for us. I'm going to let you go. Sorry, bro. Go ahead. So good. I'm getting wrecked over here. Um, yeah, I think another, I just want to dismantle something that hunger is not um, like this super esoteric, spooky Christian thing that's out there that's only really meant for people like Billy Graham and... Leonard Ravenhill and people in the Bible. Like hunger, what we're talking about is just the normal Christian life. The problem is that we've been fed this normal Christian life that really is not even biblical. And so when somebody comes across and they're super hungry, we think, wow, they're like, man, that's intense. But it's really just normal. It's really just normal. You just need to redefine your normal. Um, Another thing that I want to talk about is like hunger doesn't have to look like any particular thing. Like I want to dismantle that. I think a lot of people actually resist giving into hunger because they're like, well, I'm not called into ministry. And they think that hunger looks like selling all your stuff and, you know, being a pastor or what. It doesn't look like that. Hunger just looks like your life being fully devoted to Jesus. And we're all going to be honest. You know what that's happening right now. I don't have to ask you any questions. Every single person in this room knows if their life is 100% fully devoted every area to the Lord. And so it doesn't mean you have to quit your job. We actually need more people who are hungry, burning with eyes of fire, working at Publix. We don't need more pastors. We've got plenty of churches. They're all empty. We need more people with eyes of fire in your jobs, bringing them into the church. So like, just dismantle that. Another thing is like, why people aren't hungry. I think we see this in Exodus. Moses is bringing the, the, the children of Israel out of Egypt and they reach this point where the children of Israel become hungry and they are hungry for food and they're wandering on the desert. Um, I believe they're in front of the mountain and, and they begin to talk to Moses and they said, they start to complain and they say, Moses, why did you take us out of Egypt? In Egypt, we had potted meat, which is like gross vinegary fish. We had leeks and onions and all this sort of stuff. We could have stayed there. And they become hung, so they have a hunger. They have this like, think of it as a hole in their desire. And they're, what immediately, because they have an orphan spirit and a slave mentality, they start to turn back to what they were going towards. Because you understand like when Moses went on the mountain, the, Mo, Mo, the Lord said, Moses, 
Tell the people to consecrate themselves because I'm going to show myself to them. And so he tells the people, he says, hey, the Lord, the Lord, he wants, he's been talking to me. He wants to talk to you now. And they said, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. It's because their hunger, actually, sometimes when we allow, like, distraction and disappointment and, and a, a, the wrong way of thinking, our hunger, like what Pastor Gio was saying, will turn us to things that will actually enslave us. The Lord showed me that recently is that, like, when they were wanting the leeks and the onions and the potted meat, they were clearly just thinking about filling an immediate need. They weren't thinking about the chains that came along with those things. And how many times have you done that in your life? You're hungry, you're disappointed. Like something happens, you have a hole, like, oh, I'm disappointed. I'm immediately gonna fill my disappointment with Instagram. I'm gonna fill it with stuff. I'm gonna fill it with those old friends who I know aren't good for me. I'm gonna call them up and we're gonna hang out. You know, I'll be a light to them. And we're looking to fill an immediate need. And instead of running to the Lord, the only one who can satisfy, we run to stuff that actually has chains. And then that's why 10 years later, we're sitting barely warming a pew, wondering where the hunger went. And then we look at people who are hungry in the front. You know how people get really angry and why there's a religious spirit against people who are free to worship? It's because they're jealous. It's because they're jealous. It's because they look at someone who's completely free and it's easier just to discount it and be cynical than say, wow, they have something I need. I went to a conference real quick and um, a couple years ago and I went to go, it was an Iris conference. Anybody know Iris? They are weird, okay? <laughs> My wife went there, it's okay. So like we went there to this conference, I love this story. And um, I went there and to get more of the Lord or whatever and I'm sitting there and there was these like, maybe like 21 year olds or whatever and there was a particular one. It was a young guy and a girl and I'm pretty sure they weren't dating. He definitely wanted to date her. And so like the entire weekend, Every worship set, they slow danced to worship. And he was just, it was just super awkward. And I was really frustrated. I was judging him. I'm like, this joker, he's not even, he's not dancing for the Lord. He's trying to get this girl's number. Like, this is so fake. Like, I'm so over this. Like, Lord, like, I, I, I drove to Savannah, Georgia to sit here and watch this guy try to get this girl's number. And then on the last night of the conference, I'm sitting there judging, getting angry, getting frustrated. And the Lord said, you drove all this way to judge him? You drove all this way just to be frustrated? And he said, maybe he has something you need. And I said, Lord, and this is what I want, I want, to, I want to hit on this later. It, 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 it got me. Okay, he got me. He, Jesus, juked me. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I repent and I forgive him. And the Lord did something in my heart that day. He broke the spirit of judgment and condemnation in my heart and of religion. And like for ever since then, like I can watch the most crazy people in worship and I'm like, praise God. <laughs> Steven's out there with a shofar. I'm like, blow it again, brother. It's amazing. And some of us in this room still struggle with that is because secretly inside, we would love to be that free. And it's just easier to say he's not being genuine than to say, Lord, do I need something he has? And so one of the first steps 
Come on. One of the first steps in getting back to, repent, uh, getting back to hunger is repentance. Yeah. Yeah. Is, Lord, forgive me for not stewarding what you gave me. Yeah. Forgive me for not, for, not, uh, for not honoring the blood. Forgive me for not stewarding what you gave me. You got something? Yeah, I want to say this. This is very important because I have found this. In, in my walk with the Lord, I, I have found that the Lord will often hide what I need inside of someone that offends me. You're like, impartation, Lord. And he's like, no, it's in that person you're judging. I'm trying to help you right now. Because I'm, I'm telling you, it will free you. If you can, because hunger can only be released in a posture of humility. Can I tell my Java Joe story real quick? Yes, please. I was, thought you were going to share that. Bro. <laughs> so apparently I've had to learn this lesson a couple times. There is this guy. He used to come into these conferences around here in, in Orlando. And he was... From Iris. From, I think he is from Iris. <laughs> his name is Java Jim, Java Joe, I don't know. And he, he, had, he has this older guy in his 50s, long white ponytail, uh, this like yarmulke looking beanie thing he would wear. Amazing. And like for a while, I would always judge him and be like, this joker, he's a conference hopper. I guarantee you he don't have no Sunday morning church. He just hits up every single time Bill Johnson comes in or Heidi. That's, that's his church. Like, and I was like, oh. Makes me sick. It's just like, oh, I was like, I never even talked to the man. But just by the way he dressed like, and like that he was, you know, whatever. And so we were at Jesus 18 with Michael Koulianos um, in 2018. And I was sitting there, and there he is, Java Jim. Like, and uh, the Lord said, hey, I want you to go ask Java Jim to pray for you. And I said, no. Like, <laughs> no, Lord, that's not it. You, no, like, no, not, not that guy. Like, because what had happened was I had built up a case in my heart against him. I had built up a case in my heart against him, and I'd already relegated him to a weird, kooky guy who wasn't really genuine. And so now my, uh, my inability to receive from him was purely based on my religious spirit. The problem is the Lord don't let go that easy. And so for like 35 minutes, I wrestle with the Lord, okay? And eventually, I'm limping, okay? And so he's like, pray, have him pray for you. He was getting really stern. He would not let this go. And so I was like, okay, fine. And so in my whole, we were youth pastors at the time. I, I'm confessing. I had made fun of him to my whole youth group, okay? Like, look at Java Jim. He's crazy, weird, and stuff. And now my youth group is walk, watching me walk over to him. And they can't hear what I'm saying, but all they see is him lay hands on me, and I'm on the floor in a heap weeping. And something broke in me that day to where I will never judge another person. Hunger sometimes, just like Gio said, like hunger, offense is, this is what the Lord said, offense, this is, where's Marcus at? He's going to appreciate this. Offense is the fence you hop over to get to your breakthrough. Come on. I thought it was pretty good, but it doesn't matter. One of the things needed for hunger is humility. Yes. I was going to say this, is that there's two things needed for hunger. Revelation, we've already talked about that. Think about the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is, is transfigured, and what do the disciples do? They're like, we got to make tabernacles and, and tents and we got to like do this because they had a real revelation of Jesus and revelation when Jesus comes back riding on a white horse and he is 
all at once made real to the world, what's the response? Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Because revelation produces a right response. So revelation is needed. Number two is humility. Humility is needed for hunger. Because what's going to happen is after the revelation, you will have to steward what what he gave you. And if you have pride in your heart, because there's two things that actually kill it. It's the opposite. It's blindness and pride. Yeah. And the Lord has, has done it and is ripping pride out of my heart. Yeah. Let's, let's talk really quickly about a few things. I want to give you some tangibles. Let's give me five more minutes. Some tangible things that you can do to stir up hunger, because you can. Yeah. The same way you're going go to drive, right? You, but this is important. We have to recognize where we are to know where we're going, right? Like when you, when, you, when you leave, you're going to go to a restaurant. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to type in the restaurant, but it's going to calculate where you are to let you know where you need to go. And so one of the things, that, that's why we've been hammering this about this hunger, because you need to honestly assess, like forward progress requires that we presently know where we are. This is where we are. And have an awareness of that to be able to move forward. And so now I want to give you some tangible things on how, how can I cultivate hunger in my life? Where it's not just like, it's not about shaking or speaking. And it's not about that. It's about you being obedient to making space. So the first one we had written down is read. Say, read, read. My, my Bible, Bible. Every, day. every day. Like this has to become food for you. Amen. Heidi said that when we were, when we were in harvest school, we were part of that weird group that he was talking about. We were there. There we are now with the mic. She said, I don't fast to get something from God. I fast because I need to be reminded of what it's like to be hungry. And I thought, man, that just wrecks the last 10 years of my life. Because we 21-day fast, and I write things down I want you to do, God, because that's the way you work. No. We fast so that any bit of distraction in my life can die. And so that I can remember what it's like to be hungry for him. And so there's something that happens when you align yourself with the word of God. Now where you read your Bible reading plan, but you begin to ask, Jesus, I want you to show me where you are in the book of Genesis. This is a language, right? I want you to hold hands with me through the whole book. Like God is in numbers? Yes, he is. He can begin to speak. And what happens is when you begin to feed yourself, it's going to require you taking some effort. Like, hey, you might have to wake up a little bit earlier. You might have to go to sleep a little later. Choose one or the other. You don't have to do both. But there's something about the word. That's what he said. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. word. That's what he's talking about. We make time for God to, to speak into our spirits, and it becomes life. So I'm not tossed by the winds when things happen. I can go back to something that's concrete. It's what the Lord's been doing here for the last four years. He has been establishing a foundation that he could build upon. Do you feel that like walls are beginning to go up? And this is the thing about when God is building. I've, I've known many people who build houses. I've never heard them say, hey, let's go check out. They laid the foundation. Nobody ever does that. When do people invite somebody when they're getting, hey, come, they're building the frame. Yeah. The framework is up and we can see. Yeah. But for the last four years, what he has been doing is establishing a foundation he could build upon. Yeah. And he's beginning to take us in a direction. And what I want you to realize is you will not have the capacity to hold the weight of what he's giving us without being attached to the word. The word of God grounds us. It becomes food for us. I can be in a discouraging, I had some difficulties this week. This was a hard week. Have anybody had a hard week? 
There are weeks that are difficult. And sometimes I have to go into my prayer room at six o'clock in the morning without my phone and say, for this next hour, I just wanna be with you. And I have found that it doesn't take 10 chapters. Sometimes one verse will give me life. It will give me life. It's something that's concrete. It's not something somebody said on a podcast. It's not a moment that I felt on Sunday morning. It is truth. What's the next one? Reading the word. Yeah, uh, repentance. Uh, I, would, I would say this. One of the things to sustain hunger, Paul says this, uh, all things that are lovely, all things that are good, beneficial, fill yourself up with these things. Yes. And so we have to understand this. Bill Johnson said this. He says the last battle for the Christian is between your ears, is your mind. That's the last battleground. Your heart's been won. Your spirit's been paid for. Devil can't do anything to do to, to mess with that. The last really battleground for you is your mind. Yes. And just right now in this day and age, like we're not a political church. We don't really talk about politics and stuff like that. We talk about Jesus and we feel like he ministers in every single situation. Yes. So we don't really have to. But there's a, a huge opportunity right now for you to fill yourself up with just trash. Yes. Trash. And I'm not talking about rated R movies. I'm talking about NBC, yeah. CNN. And it's not about me being a Republican or Democrat. It's just about trash. Yeah. Okay. It just is, okay? And so, like, you have a real opportunity to fill yourself up with junk and the weight of the world or to fill yourself up with true bread. Yeah. True bread. And, like, just practically, stop watching so much news. For me, stop watching so much YouTube, Tyler. Like, fill yourself up with things that are beneficial. Find podcasts. Like, I know we're talking about reading the Bible, but, like, find podcasts that you do like. Find people that you're going to get around or listen to that will make you hungry. Yeah. Find things that you like. Like, there was a season during, during, during the fast in the, in the beginning of this year where I just really wanted to really minimize the stuff that I watched. And so what did I watch? I just watched The Chosen a bunch, that, TV, that Jesus TV show. And I was wrecked. Like, it's just amazing what happens practically when you just fill yourself up with the things of the Lord. Yeah. Your life becomes really, it becomes really clear, yeah. okay? Um, another thing is, uh, surround yourself with good people, people who will throw gasoline on your fires and water on your something. I don't know. They'll, they'll hype you up in the Lord and then they'll call you out when you need to be called out. Amen. Man, I, I was like, I definitely remember how this goes. And then my mind was like, I'm checking out. Um, this is a hard one, right? Because like, I think a lot of us have relationships. We had a leadership meeting recently and one of our house prophets was talking about the circles we surround ourselves yes. in. And I think that's really important right now of who's speaking into your life. So many people have become sidetracked from the hunger they have for the Lord because they allowed a friend who should never have access to their heart, they allowed them a little too close. They allowed them a little too close. Um, I, 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 yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna leave it there. So yeah, surround yourself with people who will call you up. This is one of the things I love about my brother-in-law, who's now my pastor, uh, Gio, is, is we've said this for years, is I love just talking and sitting with him because he provokes me to jealousy. You need to find someone who, when you sit with them, it's like, oh, I wanna go read my Bible. Yeah. Like, and some of you are like, I don't have anybody like that. Find somebody. 
is why we have foundations coming up. Get in a serve team where you can surround yourself with people who will provoke you to, 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 to advance towards the Lord. That's why we're called a body. Yeah. Like you actually need people. Yeah. You have anything? This is really important. Your, your circle matters. Like the people, like if your heart is a garden, it's important who you allow into that space. And I'm not saying we have to just cut people off, but not everybody has access to my heart in the same way. Because it's his space. And so if somebody has come into that space and trespassed, it's because you allowed it. And what I want us is to be guarded and jealous for this space. Nothing can get in between me and my relationship with Jesus. And there are people in my life that know everything about me. They know everything about me because we have to have those people. We can't be an island, but not everyone can be that person. So we get, and listen, it looks more than just friends. I've come to the place in my life where I want to, I want God to know we got in a car and we drove all the way to North Carolina to sit in an office for one hour because God said that there would be a man called Dr. Michael Brown that would have something that we needed. And so it looks like you positioning yourself. You're like, man, that story, God would never do that. I, I bet you he would. I bet you he would. I bet you he would have you on some amazing God adventures if you were just open to it. It might look like in the beginning, hey, go to Walmart. I want you to pray for somebody. Not everybody. God told us in one season, sell everything and go to Africa, and we did it. And so as we are obedient and as we surround ourselves with people, listen, lots of people thought we were crazy when we were going to Africa. My mom's here. My mom had to bite her tongue. I'm like, hey, I'm taking our one-year-old son. This is what we're doing, mom. We're selling everything and taking Judah with us to Africa. But there were people in my life that were like, yeah, that's the Lord. You understand you need that? You need people in your life that can see from above the logical and say, yeah, that's God. Yeah, that's God. You go for that. And they champion that. A couple of other practical things. Fast. Stay fast. fast. Oh, you need to Fast. We already talked about this. Fasting aligns you with God. If you can't fast, I'm not asking you to fast 40 days. Maybe just a meal. And not like, not just not eat a meal and hang out with friends. You fast and you spend time with the Lord or else you're just on a hunger strike. If you're gonna skip your lunch 12 to one o'clock, open up your Bible and say, Jesus, I'm here. And don't start reading until he comes. Are you alive? couple other things, pray in, pray in tongues. We believe in, we, we believe in praying in the Spirit. Yeah. We believe that the, the Holy Spirit prays through you things that you don't know how to pray. Yeah. And there's something that happens. You're like, well, I don't get it. You don't have to get it. You can trust the Word enough to know that when you pray, it says that it strengthens your inner man. Yeah. So like one of the things that Corey Russell was here, he, he talks about praying in the Spirit for 20 minutes and focusing on Revelations 4 yeah. on the throne. It's a great exercise. You're like, I can't make it 90 seconds. We'll go 60. Do something fast, pray. And then the last thing, and we'll end here. This, is a, this was powerful, and I'll let you share your journey on this. Just ask. Some of us, we lack hunger because we don't ask for it. We ask for everything, and then we hear stories. I am where I am today. You know why I went to Africa? I went to Africa because there was a man on the stage, a voice of the apostles, or some conference, and he was telling a story. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Like jungle village people getting saved with AKs. And I'm like, oh, that's, here I am serving as a youth pastor. I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> I was having this inner dialogue. 
And the guy on the stage says, some of you are sitting here thinking, his name's Will Hart. Some of you are sitting here thinking right now, man, I wish I had stories from that like that. He said, stop making excuses and go. And I was like, bet. I sold everything. <laughs> people, when, people ask me this all the time. When did God speak to you, brother, that you're going to be doing it? Never. I don't have a moment in my life where Jesus spoke to me, you will be a senior pastor. My life has been a sequence of yeses to him. Some of you, you're waiting for like this old, let the heavens. I just knew he saved me and I'm gonna give the rest of my life to seeing people not be where I was. If that looks like mopping floors, if that looks like cleaning windows, if that looks like a mic, sometimes it does, but here's what I'm saying. It's saying yes to him. But it starts with asking. Some of us were asking for the wrong things. And so Tyler was talking about, I want you to talk about this, bro, when you were, when you were like asking the Lord on how to love him. Yeah, I think we have to understand that hunger is a gift, and it's a gift that you can't, you can't buy, and you can't, you can't make. You can only receive from the Lord. Hunger is a gift that you can only receive from him, and it's only a gift that he can give. And so if that's true, we can do all this stuff and you can pray and pray in tongues, build yourself up in this holy faith by praying in tongues. And but, but at the end of the day, you will not receive hunger unless he gives it to you. Mm. And so there's something really powerful about just asking. Uh, several years ago, uh, probably longer than that now, almost 10 years ago, I was, my, my relation with the Lord was deepening, but I, I came to this realization with myself. And some of you guys just need to be really honest with yourself. Because oftentimes the person we, we lie to the most is ourself. And some of us are sitting in this room still, I, I feel the spirit is saying this, you're still saying to yourself, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. It's like we're 35 minutes into this message and you're still telling yourself you're good. You're not good. Be honest with yourself. You're never gonna get anywhere. The Lord can't work with you if you're lying to yourself. And so I was just honest with the Lord one day. I said, Lord, I want to love you. I just do like, I see these people around me and they have this immense like love for you. And I desire that. But if Lord, if I'm honest, I just don't love you like I want to. I don't love you right now like I know I should. And this prayer came out of me. I said, Lord, teach me to love you. Teach me to love you. Like show me how to love you. Put love in my heart for you I had come to the place where I realized like either he has to put that in me or it's just not going to happen and for two years it started out pretty on you know but then eventually it just became every day it just became part of my routine I would say and Lord just today teach me to love you and I remember one day like two years later I was in a service somewhere and it hit me that like I loved him the way that I desired to love him, that he did it in my heart. It is completely legal for you to say, Lord, I'm not hungry for you right now. I'm just not. Can you please help me be hungry for you today? And you pray that every single day. Jesus tells a story of a friend and he has somebody come to him in the middle of the night and he has no bread to give them. And so he goes next door to his neighbor and he knocks and he says, hey, I need some bread. And the guy says, hey, it's late. My kids are sleeping. Go away. And 
comes back again and again and again. And Jesus says this, he says, it's not because of the relationship that he gives bread, it's because of his persistence. And I think for some of us today, there's a desire for hunger. We just need to have the persistence. And the Lord will do it. He is so faithful. Yeah, let's stand. friend who said this this week and I thought was so good and, that, and that, he said forward progress requires present awareness meaning for us for us to move into what God has this is in any area that's why Tyler said what he said it's not so that you feel bad like man he, I'm jacked up no it's because there's more we didn't get to this scripture but in Job there's a scripture there Job 36 and Job, if you know his story, he's lost everything. He's lost children, he's lost, and he's having this pity party, rightfully so. I mean, he's lost everything. And a prophet comes in and he, and he begins to declare who God is. And then he says this, behold, God is great and we do not know him. Behold, God, this is the problem. We think we know him. He, we're too familiar. I've heard that scripture. I've heard that sermon. And we disconnect instead of, instead of finding ourselves blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? Blessed are those who are dependent, fully dependent on Him. They lean on Him. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to have Tiffany come up with prophetic company and they're going to do some ministry. But I just want to pray that we would have a moment of honesty and sincerity. Maybe you are good, man. Praise God. Why settle for good when you can have great? I, I'm, I'm thankful, but I'm not satisfied. I just sense that there's so much more God wants to do in my heart. So I'm not, I'm not inviting you into a journey I'm not on. I'm like, God, I'm so thankful for everything you're doing. My family, our ministry, but I want more of you. So, Father, I want to pray over you. Father... I pray over every single person in this room. Why don't you put your hand on your heart? I pray right now over every single heart. Father, I pray for sincerity, God. Not so that anybody would feel bad. We just break shame and condemnation off of every person in this room. Father, what we're doing is we're calling us as a family up higher. Father, because we know that you have more for us. And so, Lord, I ask you right now for the grace, for the grace for people to let go of the things that are distracting them. Whether it's distractions, whether it's bitterness, hurt, complacency, apathy, Father, would you give them the grace to release every bit that is holding them back from stepping in? Father, would you release, we've been praying all day, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit would come and reveal Jesus to you. That's what we're praying for. That Jesus would be fully revealed and that you would be restored to awe and wonder.
Father, would you heal hearts? Oh, man, I just sense he wants to heal. All day I've been sensing that he wants to heal. Would you just sing that for a moment, Covey? Let's just sit it for just a moment. I'll let Tiff come up. receiving is pride so if you felt a pull this is what I want to say if you felt like a little tug like yes that speaks to me I want to encourage you to partner with someone in prayer as they speak today as the prophetic company comes I'm going to have her share and I'll say this because I'm not going to come back up I'm going to have them put the foundation slide up there's a number to text if you're not serving in any place in this church we need you to help to be part of our family so join in at any moment before you leave just text the number and there'll be information next week we're going to be doing lunch here so i bless you as you get ministered today we're going to make room for them to minister to you guys